There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line. Corks 96FM. I'm joined by the leader of Fianna Fáil, or the leader of Sinn Féin, rather, Mary Lou MacDonald, and getting confused <laughs> between everyone at this stage. I have so many politicians with me. Mary Lou, good morning, and thank you for joining okay, us. That certainly was a, a Freudian... Indeed there. it was. You never know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, no, I, so, I know. Well, I suppose if we I went know, far right. back enough into your past, we'd find membership, wouldn't we? <laughs> No, no, I, I think I think the people of Cork, the good people of, of your city and county know, know that I'm a... Sinn Féin leader. You are indeed. You are indeed. No, I wanted to talk to Mary Lou and in particular to bring in that, those comments from yeah. the Melbourne-based epidemiologist, Professor Mike Toole. Going into the debate today on mandatory quarantine, what would you do if you were Taoiseach? Well, I, I, I mean, I think I think he's given some um, very wise counsel there, and we, we would do well to listen to him and to learn from the experience of El, uh, Australia and elsewhere. <clears throat> TJ, if I were Taoiseach, we'd already have a system of mandatory quarantine. We have been calling for this for um, almost a year now, and the public health experts have uh, had recommended it to government uh, almost a year back also. And the the logic here is really, really simple. Um, we have a huge job to manage to get ahead of to suppress this virus here on this island. Um, and that has, as your listeners know, uh, required just the most extraordinary sacrifices from people. Their lives have been literally turned upside down. Um, but there is little sense in making all of those asks and bringing all of that uh, suffering and disruption on Irish society if at the same time you have travel onto the island without the, the adequate testing. And by that, I mean not just a negative test upon arrival, but a second mandatory test five days in and a system of universal hotel quarantine for all um, non-essential travel and that's not to punish people <clears throat> I mean ordinarily as you know we're very welcoming and we're delighted to have people visit yeah. uh, Ireland but but now is not the time to be coming here um, and I think the failure of government to introduce this form of quarantine is a very very significant failure and I know it's one that has caused um, huge frustration at this stage and I have to be honest with you PJ and I've, I've said this directly to the Taoiseach, who is, of course, the actual, the, the leader of Fianna Fáil. Um, I, I actually do not understand why it is that they are still dragging their feet on this issue I, with the emergence of variants, which clearly have caused them deep concern. I mean, we now have a situation where 
the British variant uh, or one of them is now accounting for the vast majority of, of uh, infections on mm. the island. We know that there are there are traces, there, there have been cases of the Brazilian variant. We're now hearing news of perhaps the South African variant. And there are many, many... There's a, a rather worrying Californian variant. Yes. Uh, in, in, and the nature of this, the, the nature of this, PJ, is as such, you see, viruses um, adapt and they mutate. You know, th- th- this is almost a, a race between us and COVID-19, but, but they adapt and they mutate. And the more space and the more opportunity that they are given, that this virus is given to infect, it will change and it will adapt. And we need to be really conscious of the fact that it, worst case scenario, um, that could in fact undermine even our vaccination efforts. So this is a critical issue. And let me say, the opposition is united on this matter and has been for some time. And it's not a case of punch and duty or having a go at government. We are pressing this and have pressed it for months because it is so vitally important. You're, you're, you're very good at sniffing the political mood, Mary Lou. Why do you think the government is resisting going for it, like Dr. O'Toole says we need to? I don't know. Um, I think that uh, they have been extremely reluctant, extremely timid is the word I would use on the entire issue of travel onto the island from the very beginning. I mean, I've had uh, long conversations with them about achieving an all-island approach. In fact, I think I may have discussed that with you on this show previously, uh, PJ, um, and pressing for, for example, data sharing between Belfast and Dublin and for reasons that I will never be able to explain to you, if I'm honest, um, the administration in Dublin dragged its heels for a year, for a year, in terms of just basic data sharing, to the extent... Their argument was GDPR. Well, but um, the attorney generals had mess. We were told that those matters had been straightened out. The administration in Belfast... Um, was ready, game ball, good to go. Robin Swan, a unionist colleague who is the uh, the Minister for Health uh, in the North, a colleague of ours on the executive, mm. was hugely critical of Dublin and of Minister uh, Donnelly and the, the kind of delays that, that we were encountering. So I can't explain to you exactly why the reluctance uh, has been there. I can confirm for you that the reluctance is a long-standing one. But more importantly, that's then and this is now. What we need now is a change in government policy and we need a quarantine regime that ensures that all non-essential travel onto the island, 14 days holiday or um, a hotel quarantine with a negative test upon arrival, a second mm-hmm. uh, test uh, thereafter or more as the public health ad- advises. And that's really how we can see and create the defences that we need to have an end game to this cycle of lockdowns. And I think, PJ, we can agree, all of us, that that's what we all want to see. Much as people will agree with you with regard to the the Republic and and the need for mandatory quarantine, I don't think that anybody argues at this stage other than Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the Green Party. But 
you still have the problem of the North, where you are, like you say, yeah. in government and the executive up there. And you still have the Dodge, where if even if we did have quarantine here, someone can still fly in to Aldergrove and hire a car and drive down unfettered into Ireland. So until something happens north of the border, we're kind of goosed. Well, well, you're right to say that the all-island nature of this is problematic. And, of course, that's a function of partition, but that's a discussion for another day. Just to let you know, though, there are no international uh, flights into the north now. So, um, No, there, there are none. Um, and the problem that arises currently with the north is travel from Britain. And to that end, what we have long advocated with the government and with colleagues on the executive is that we adopt not just an all-Ireland north-south strategy but a two-island strategy and that the government in Dublin and the executive in Belfast press um, London for a coordinated... Can you bring the DUP online for that, though? You're going to struggle. But but listen, I've just described to you a scenario where a unionist colleague on the executive, now not a DUP member, an Australian member... Was was pressing for uh, cooperation with Dublin, and it was Dublin that was resisting. Yeah. So it, it's I think if good if common sense prevails here, PJ, if a bit of cop on prevails here, um, and if we get 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 with it now and understand that we have now another shot at really aggressively suppressing this yeah. virus, and and more importantly, as importantly, building the defences in terms of proper quarantine, but also testing and tracing capacity. Yeah. Um, a strong, effective and safe rollout of our vaccine programme. If we get all of those strands right, then we give ourselves the best shot, not just of suppressing the virus, but of staying ahead yeah. uh, of it. And by the way, it, the, the government, the executive in the North is a five-party administration. It is complicated mm-hmm. by its nature. It, it, London holds jurisdiction on, on many issues, unfortunately, Still. But would um, it be right in suggesting, Mary Lou, that if, if, the, if, the, if the executive in the North made some kind of resolution, it, they, London has to respect it? They, they do in, in many matters, and, and the practical outworkings of it would be, of course, that would, that would make a huge difference, but it's, that, that's, not a, that's not a universal um, truth. Um, but but what I think is true is that there has to be very strong proactive engagement, yeah. particularly by the government in Dublin. And can I say? No, the reason I suggested that is because yeah. we we know that under under Boris's plan, as announced the other night, uh, from the middle of May, these international flights will start to return yes. to Belfast. Yes, and at and the that same time we could be approaching yeah. getting out of hopefully getting out of restrictions down here. Well, we, we, it's 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 going to be very very problematic. Yeah, and that's that's why we have consistently argued, PJ, that there has to be absolute uh, coordination, maximum cooperation, north to south and south to north. So communication between the government and the executive, communication between. The government between Dublin and London mm. is all important. And let me say this, there's nobody imagines for a second that being in the executive at this time or being in government in Dublin at this time is easy. It is not. These are very, very difficult times and I want to acknowledge that. But that said, um, when we are asking of uh, the population just incredible sacrifice and when 
There's people, PJ, who haven't seen a day's work in a year. People who have been sick, people who have been bereaved, all all of the, the, the horror that we know of. In those circumstances, government has to be on its game and they have to be getting the basics right. And I consider testing and tracing this issue of quarantine, the issue of the efficacy, you know, the, the, the smooth uh, rollout of the, the vaccine. These are the, the, the basic building blocks mm. and we have to get them right. And Dublin, in terms of the island, the government in Dublin has to be the leader in that sure. regard. In terms, though, of, of and staying with the executive in the north for the moment, and, and Morris is, is asking me to put a bit more thought into the political situation there and, and, it's, and it's this Mary Lou yes it is difficult it's a five party executive and, and, and all of that but the, you, you'll no doubt be familiar with Dr Gabriel Scally who apart from Matt Nils, yes. is a very proud Belfast man mm-hmm. uh, and, and he spoke to me on, on this programme a few weeks ago and he said quite passionately he said come on we got a Good Friday agreement on the table and signed could we not do something about the border and the north Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. <laughs> well, Sinn Féin and the Gabriel. DUP were sworn enemies. And you managed to cut a deal over, over on the Good Friday Agreement. Now, not everybody liked everything in it, but you did a deal. Yeah. Is it not possible it, to pressurise the DUP and, and not, them, not have them the problem? Uh, well, well, yes, it is. Um, but, but that requires more than, than just uh, Sinn Féin. That requires a collective effort. And, I mean, I, I've heard Gabriel Scali <clears throat> express many times his frustrations and can I tell you, they are frustrations that I um, share. But uh, the truth is that uh, from the beginning, there was there was uh, an instinct, I suppose, among some of our unionist colleagues um, to look to London and Boris Johnson and herd immunity and a kind of a, a laissez-faire approach with this uh, public health emergency. And it's important that you know, PJ, that uh, the Sinn Féin members of the executive, Michelle O'Neill in particular, took that on and it led to a number of very public um, disagreements uh, and arguments and some very frank talking between ourselves and the DUP and we managed to
to get a much better and a much uh, more proactive um, public health approach to to this uh, public health emergency than would have been the case. And on that occasion, ironically, Michelle got uh, got criticised for having these arguments with the DUP. She only had them because they were absolutely necessary. Of course, the best way is for colleagues on the executive to deliberate, to to be rational, to be fair, to understand that this is a public health emergency. It's not about the constitution. That seems to be issue, the problem that the EUP know? have an understanding. They, they seem to have a problem differentiating between a public health emergency and, and, and a political opportunity. And, you know, anyway, look, let, let us move on to, to what might yeah. happen once we once we get through those difficulties and, and where we go from here, south of the border and the, the mandatory quarantine and all that. We're doing it. We're looking at the vaccine rollout. Now, other than the fact that the supply is still a bit slow, how do you feel about the way the vaccines are being rolled out? Well, I, I, I think the issue of supply is a big one. I, I've, I've heard that um, the, the government is now saying that that matter will be resolved and that in the second quarter and beyond that we will have greater supply. So I very much welcome that. Um, in terms then of its rollout, <clears throat> I know every person who has received a vaccine, whether they're a frontline worker or some of our older citizens, um, the the experience of delight and relief is is just overwhelming for them. And of mm. course, that is to be that is to be uh, rejoiced in. I, I am concerned, though, that there are some who have been forgotten um, in the the vaccine rollout plan. And I would like to particularly mention family carers. Mm. Uh, I've raised this with the government now a number of times. Um, I've explained to them that family carers um, are very much part and parcel of the care system of the state. In fact, they save the state uh, an estimated 20 billion euro every year in the care that they provide with love and compassion for their loved ones in their family homes. And if, if those carers if their health is jeopardised, if they become infected and become sick, the question then uh, becomes not just a, a, a real um, disaster for, for their family, but for the state also, because in the absence of those family carers, who, who does that caring? Mm, because it, the argument is, is made that... Stretched. The argument is made that once the person, the vulnerable person for whom they care, is vaccinated and immune, then where's the problem? Well, the problem is that um, if the carer themselves becomes sick, mm-hmm. what happens then? That's that's the question that they are putting. And I, I think it's important to say, I'm not arguing that family carers should, you know, gazump uh, frontline workers or the very elderly and frail. And, and family carers, more to the point, aren't aren't looking for that. What they are asking is that their caring role and responsibility is acknowledged and that they are given clarity and given a, pay, a place in the order of priority to be vaccinated. Because the reality is, um, if they become sick, if they fall ill, well, then their caring duties will fall to who? Will fall to the state? Will fall to the public health care mm. system? Yeah. Uh, how will that work? And it's a very fair question. And I'm very disappointed in, in the way that all of this has been handled because... I was given to understand last week, um, as was my colleague Pierce Doherty from the Taunashta and I from the Taoiseach, 
that advice was being sought from um, NIAC, um, from the Immunisation yeah. Authority. They are rejigging some of the categories. To, yes, and, and in fairness, they, they took a look at those with uh, serious underlying conditions, like cystic fibrosis, like cancers, and they have been reprioritised. But I understood that they would also be looking at family carers, and I think they need to. Mm. I think this is a serious matter, and I know family home carers consistently believe that they are forgotten and left behind. And because the work they do is behind closed doors and unseen... Yeah. We, and we, don't, we, don't, we don't see them. And, and, and no, so, they, they and don't if, get the If you don't deal with that cohort... Yeah. Exactly. Are the exactly. firefighters still unvaccinated, still way yeah. down the list? Yes, that's right. And um, we, we rely on, um, on these public servants to keep us all safe. I, I was listening very carefully particularly to Angarda Shiagona when they're they're now trying to assess what their role might be in uh, in terms of quarantine arrangements um it seems that uh, they have very little as of yet instruction or understanding as to to what that is or what that might be and one of their concerns is that they might be ex- further exposed to the possibility of um of infection and of course, that has to be weighed into um, everything um, that is done. And it, to me, w- one of the things that has been really a problem, uh, not just in recent times, but throughout this crisis, has been very disjointed communication, not just from the government to the general public. Mm. And you're, you'll have seen that for yourself, but, but also from government and from different departments to stakeholders. It seems to be very patchy and at times very confused. Mm. So I was alarmed to, to hear that. Look, we need to get we need to get the the supply of vaccine up, um, and I think we need to explore every avenue uh, within the European framework, but also outside of it if that's possible, and um, to get the vaccine. And the sooner we hit those critical thresholds of 60, 70, 80 percent of vaccination, and let me emphasise this has to be done safely and with people's consent. Uh, but once we're hitting those thresholds, it really is a okay. very, very significant game changer for Bri- us. Briefly, before I let you go, and there's a mood on the on the ground at the moment in the last few days. There's one incident up in, in Leinster, and I'll be talking later this morning to a business person who is thinking of doing it here. A lot of business people, small business owners, are getting so frustrated at this stage that they are threatening to open their doors and, as it were, go rogue in contravention of the restrictions. What is is your message as leader of the opposition to somebody who might be considering that? Well, I, I would ask them not to do that. And I, I would ask them that in the full knowledge of their deep, deep frustration. And I know myself from uh, speaking to vast numbers of people who have been out of work and business owners who have been, haven't been able to operate now, um, in some cases for the best part of a year, that they are hugely aware themselves of just how dangerous their, their, this virus is. I don't think there's a business person anywhere uh, who wants to put themselves, their staff or their clients at risk at all. But I do understand their frustration and I think they are expressing what possibly everybody else feels and that is a, a frustration at the lack of a plan. You see, I think people will do the hard yards. People have done the hard yards. People have made the sacrifices and made the, the adjustments in their topsy-turvy uh, lives now. 
but but I think it comes back to what I said to you earlier, PJ. People expect to see a plan, an end game, a light at the end of the tunnel, a reassurance from their government that actually we're getting the basics right. So I would say to those business people, we need government to get this quarantine issue nailed down properly. We need to get the right uh, number of contact tracers. By the way, we still only have 800 of those, Mm. believe it or not, a year in. We need to make sure we have the right testing capacity, serial testing for schools and meat factories Mm. and, and beyond that. And then we need to move heaven and earth to get the vaccine supply right and to get the administrative chain right safely um, to the population. But and if pe- we can people, people are thinking of giving us a go as we speak now, people are thinking of giving us a go next Monday morning. Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't, uh, don't believe they should do that. That's not safe. All that right. is simply not a safe thing to do. Just final words, because I, I, I want this to be a hopeful conversation, because if we get government facing in the right direction and as opposition, we will hold them to account. We will... We will hammer them for doing the wrong things, but we will support them absolutely for doing the right things. And if we can get these right building blocks lined up, there is light at the end of the tunnel. But as we're speaking today, PJ, just remember there are still high levels of community transmission. Mm-hmm. There are still high hospitalizations. We have our, some of our people in ICU. People are dying still from this uh, virus. Now is not the moment to be taking a chance. And I hear the anger and the frustration, and God Almighty, I share some of us, but we need to channel that frustration in a positive way to actually force the powers that be and those that are currently in government to make the right decisions now, to face us in the right direction. And if we can collectively do that by pressurising them, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, the Greens, the whole lot of them, if we can exert an, an that's a constructive action on our part. But opening up businesses or exposing people to risk now Please don't do that. All right, leave it there for now. Thank you very much, Mary Lou MacDonald, leader of Sinn Féin, leader of the opposition. Thank you. Corks 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.